Good morning. Welcome to Yorkville. We are the Messenger Praise Band, and we're glad to be here worshiping with you this morning, as every uh, Sunday morning. And we love to sing praise songs, and we love it when you sing with us. So please stand up and let's all sing together. One, two. pray with me? Lord, we, we use all kinds of words, but our heart is crying, no matter what we say, to draw nearer to you, to be close to you. Send your Holy Spirit into our worship this morning, that we might honor you as we're in this place, that we might rest and give up all of those things that challenge for our attention, our worries, our preoccupations, our work, even our play, and give that over to you that we might rest in your presence in this place, that we might worship you as you deserve to be worshipped, that we might proclaim your name with great joy and thanksgiving. And all God's people say, Amen.
some folks that are missing at the moment. We have senior highs that left uh, yesterday morning and their advisors for the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation in South Dakota. So they're traveling there and working this week. Um, you might be saying to yourself, you know, I would like to do uh, some work myself, be a little mission trip, but uh, I don't have that much time. I don't have a week and I cannot go to South Dakota. But I could, like one of the next Saturdays, maybe go to Lyons, you know, just a few miles from here and scrape a house or prime it or paint it. If you feel that urging, a little nudging of the Holy Spirit, guess what? We have a place for you to do that. And uh, if you want to sign up, right back in the Welcome Center, there's some sign-up sheets. Uh, next Saturday, I will be uh, part of the scraping crew there on that, uh, that uh, project. So um, if you have some time, we'd love to have you be a part of that. It's for a worthy cause. A house definitely needs to be scraped and painted. Um, also, when you walk out of worship today, you might have noticed as you were coming in, but it's going to look very different, I think, by the time you get out of worship because they're starting to decorate. Folks from the first service are now starting to decorate for Vacation Bible School. And the theme this year is a crocodile dock. And so we're in a bayou. And uh, Bill and I, where did Bill go? I think we're like Bubba and Bub or something like that. And, you know, good, good. Good bayou, boys. And uh, there's crocodiles out there, so be careful. Oh, they're inflatable crocodiles, but you've got to be careful of them, too. Uh, so all of that starts at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. Watch out for that. Uh, lots of volunteers will be a part of that. And speaking of volunteers, um, it's just a lot of that is going on right now. Um, I, I think I miffed some of our technical people in the last service because... A lot of our high school kids are on this trip, and they're normally back there. But Gordon is back there, and Lisa are back there right now, and have done an awesome job because I gave them a lot of nasty, like, technical cues to do, as you'll see coming up shortly. Um, a lot of you were involved in a heavy volunteer thing last week, and we love our volunteers, and that was the Run for Hunger. And uh, I just got an email at 12.18 in the morning uh, from another volunteer telling me that uh, in addition to the over 300 runners that we had and all of our, I don't know, 60 or 70-some volunteers, we uh, now the number is gonna, looks like it's going to be closer to, to $16,000 that we're going to be able to give directly. That's net. That's not the gross uh, income, but the net that we'll be able to give to uh, hungry folks uh, here and around the world. So we really appreciate uh, your part of that. Um, whether you're a sponsor, a runner, a, um, a volunteer, helping to make all of that all of that stuff happened. Today, we are talking about disappointments, especially dreams that don't turn out as we hoped that they might. Um, you're in a good place for that if you're a person that's maybe suffered some dreams that have not turned out as you perhaps hoped. Um, we follow a person who came to share the good news. And... Um, he ended up on a cross. I don't think that might have been one's best hope. But it worked out for our salvation. Children of the congregation, it's time for our morning lesson together. Anybody out there ready for a lesson about dreams? All right, come on up. Just pick a spot anywhere, Dana. That'll be good. <clears throat> you sure you like that one? Maybe you hear there. Hey, guys. 
Come on up. All right. Now, do you guys have dreams? Do you have big dreams about anything you want to be or do coming up? Sort of. You thought about that? Hmm? Some? Got any dreams? No? They won't be disappointed then. <laughs> Sometimes when we're, we're really little, littler than, you know, remember back when you guys were like one and you just had learned to walk maybe? We've got a grandson like that. His name is Nathan. Then your dreams are very short. Your hopes and dreams are like just very short. Um, like what I want in the next three seconds. You know, have you been around a baby lately? Babies, Nathan doesn't have any words yet. Or if he does, he's really keeping them to himself. So, but he points at everything. He points at stuff. And if he wants it, he just points at it and he goes, eh! and if we don't take him to there, he just has a fit. He gets highly disappointed if we don't take him where he wants to go outside or to get the food off of the top of the cookie that maybe is on top of the refrigerator. And if you're holding him like this, he'll try and like just bail out of your arms. He'll just go, no! You guys never, you never did that. You seen any babies lately? Or if he's already on the ground, he'll just lay on the ground and go, because we aren't giving him what he wants. His dream. I have no microphone anymore. Ah, oh, here it is. Okay. Okay. I can't be like Britney Spears if I don't have my microphone. <laughs> my dream, of course. So, when you're really little, your dreams can get disappointed very easy because you just want that and, and uh, babies... Hmm? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. And babies, they get disappointed. They need to learn that they're not the center of the universe. Yeah, I was a baby already. You were a baby already? That's good. That's good. Me too. You know what? When I was about your age, maybe a little bit older now that I think about it, there were some things I wanted to be when I when I grew up. One of the things I wanted to be was like a play basketball in the National Basketball Association. Be a professional basketball player. I worked really hard at learning how to dribble and to pass and to shoot and that. Yeah, see, you kind of got that dream too, huh? And, and, and I worked at it, and you know what? I never was able to play in the NBA. I never even got to play in college. I couldn't even make my high school basketball team. It was kind of sad. I did get to play in intramurals, though. But I had to give that dream up. That was my dream, but I just wasn't good enough to be... I didn't have enough basketball talent to be a professional basketball player. When I got a little older, you know what I wanted, else I wanted to be? I don't really, here's another thing I wanted to be. I wanted to be a jet fighter pilot. Yeah. Flying really, really fast jets that go faster than the speed of sound. I know that's your dream too. Isn't it, Abby? No? Really? Come on. It's a great dream. I wanted that dream, and then I wanted it for a long time. I was like, an, even in... I think I was even in middle school. I still wanted to be a fighter pilot. What are you laughing? Pilots are it's a great thing. And I wanted to be this thing to fly in this jet plane. And you know what happened? I found out that I didn't have good enough eyesight. I, don't, I have to wear glasses, and, and my, even my glasses don't correct my eyes perfectly, so I couldn't be a jet fighter pilot. You're happy about that, which is probably good, because I'd have crashed probably big time. 
Now, my eyes are still good enough that I can see what's going on on Sunday morning, though. I can do that. But not good enough to fly a jet plane. So I was disappointed with all that stuff. So what did I do then? Did I lay down on the ground and just cry and stuff? I might have for a little bit. But guess what? God didn't want me to do those things. Didn't want me to be a basketball player. Didn't want me to be a jet fighter pilot. And I was disappointed, too. But God had another plan for me. My dreams, I didn't have the right dreams at that time. God, God wanted me to be a pastor. And I wouldn't be here if I was a, a fighter pilot or a basketball player. I'd never be here. I'd never know you guys. But this is what God wanted me to do. And I had to find this place. It took me till I was like 30. Can you believe that? Maybe even longer, maybe 32 or 3 before I figured out that's what God wanted me to do. I wasn't a very good listener. I just wanted to... I had my own dreams and the things I wanted to do and that I thought was really important, and I didn't spend a lot of time listening to what God might really want me to do. I never, I never <laughs> dreamed that God would want me to be a pastor. And so God had a different idea. God had a different dream for me. Though that sounds kind of weird, doesn't it? Because God doesn't sleep. So God doesn't have dreams. God doesn't even have daydreams. Because daydreams means that you're spacing out, right? You're not really paying attention. And God's always paying attention. So we can't really say that I have dreams, but God has plans. He has a plan for us, for each of you, not just like me. Probably not, you might be a pastor. He may have a whole different plan for you about what you're supposed to be. Each one of you, though, there's a plan. And your job is to find out what that is. To listen as you pray to God, as you ask God, God, what is it you want me to be? What do you want me to do in life? What kind of person do you want me to be? God is ready to tell you that. But you got to listen. you got to spend time wanting to know. But he will definitely tell you if you just listen. Okay? Are you, are you ready to do that? Do some listening? Or are you ready to be a jet pilot? Abby, I just don't understand what you have against that. <laughs> Let's pray together, you guys. Loving God, we thank you that you have a plan for our lives. And we just pray that, that our own dreams might not get in the way of your plan. That you help us to listen to you and to ask you, God, what kind of person do you want me to be? And who do you want me to be? Please, tell us. And all God's people say, Amen. Thanks for listening, you guys. Dear Lord, we come before you, scattered and thinking through the many things we still have to do. Lord, silence our hearts and minds as we gather in this place. Give us clear minds and speak to each one of us through your holy word. Amen. Our first scripture reading for today comes from the book of Ecclesiastes. If you'd like to follow along, you can find it on page 614 of the Old Testament. I, the teacher, when king over Israel and Jerusalem, applied my mind to seek and to search out by wisdom all that is done under heaven. It is unhappy business that God has given to human beings to be busy with. I saw all the deeds that are done under the sun, and see, 
all is vanity and a chasing after the wind. I said to myself, come now, I will make a test of pleasure. Enjoy yourself. But again, this also was vanity. I said of laughter, it is mad and of pleasure, what use is it? I searched with my mind how to cheer my body with wine, my mind still guiding me with wisdom, and how to lay hold on folly until I might see what was good for mortals to do under heaven during the few days of their life. I made great works. I built houses and planted vineyards for myself. I made myself gardens and parks and planted in them all sorts of fruit trees. I made myself pools from which to water the forest of growing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had slaves who were born in my house. I also had great possessions of herds and flocks, more than any who had been before me in Jerusalem. I also gathered for myself silver and gold and the treasure of kings and of the many provinces. I got singers, both men and women, and delights of the flesh and many concubines. So I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also, my wisdom remained with me. Whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I kept my heart from no pleasure, for my heart found pleasure in all my toil, and this was my reward for all my toil. Then I considered all that my hands had done, and the toil I had spent in doing it. And again, all was vanity and a chasing after the wind, and there was nothing to be gained under the sun. Our New Testament lesson, as you see, is from the Gospel of Luke. You can follow along on page uh, 74 in your New Testament um, few Bibles. At this point, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He says to them, Take care. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, What should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I'll do this. I'll pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I'll store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool. This very night, your life is being demanded of you. And the things that you prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. He said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you'll wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, they neither sow nor reap, they have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? This is the word of the Lord. To understand where we're headed, you have to have this intro. Hey Larry, it's time for the theme song. Uh, yeah Bob. What do I do? Hmm, let's see. I know, you play the guitar. Bob, I don't have any hands. Oh, you're right. 
Well, okay. Well, you play this. I don't want to play that. I'll look silly. Oh, come on. It'll be fun. Nope. Not gonna do it. It's for the kids. Oh, okay. But they better not laugh. All right. Better get on out there. If you like to talk to tomatoes, if a squash can make you smile, if you like to waltz with potatoes up and down the produce aisle. Have we got a show for you. song to Veggie Tales. How many of you guys know what Veggie Tales are? Oh, gee, almost everybody. Good, good. You can hardly have children or be a child yourself or a grandchild in the last 20 years and not run into those guys. So today I want to talk about this whole concern that Jesus has with building bigger barns in a with a slight twist to that. And that, you know, sometimes we forget that those can be Christian barns as well as just plain old secular barns and, and the greed of money can take other forms as well. I had a pretty uh, profound experience not too long ago having a chance to hear Phil Vischer speak. Uh, Phil Vischer is the creator of Veggie Tales. He's the voice of uh, Bob the Tomato. Hey, Bob. I know you're there somewhere. And he's part of the famous team of, of course, Bob and Larry the Cucumber. Um, you're going to actually get to hear uh, a little bit from Vischer um, on a YouTube thing in a moment. But just to give you some background, if you don't know about him and what's happened with, with VeggieTales, it started here in Chicago in about 1990, actually. He was this guy with... Uh, he, he'd been making little movies as a little kid. He'd always been interested in animation and stuff. And... He was staring at a tomato and a cucumber, asking himself, how could he use those objects to tell the good news about Jesus Christ to little kids? And um, he said they needed to be tomatoes and cucumbers because he didn't know how to draw arms and stuff. So that's why you'll notice that Bob and Larry are kind of armless and legless. And uh, so it started out there. And uh, so by 1993, he's working in, in downtown Chicago with this, a handful of folks and... and uh, Big Idea Productions, and they're, and they're trying, trying to make quality Christian videos for children. And then all of a sudden, 
it gets really, really big, really, really quickly. Um, by 2000, Vischer's animation studio in Chicago is the largest one between Los Angeles and New York. It's the biggest one in the rest of the country. He has 200 employees. By uh, 2000, they've sold 30 million VeggieTale episodes. More than anybody else in history selling, creating and going directly to, to uh, stores. Um, not just Christian videos, but, but of any videos anywhere. Direct-to-sale videos. He was getting calls from Time and, and from Newsweek. Big idea creations were getting big and VeggieTales were getting huge. Um, by 2003, you know, he's got these 200 employees and they're selling millions more videos and they've put out their first feature film. And then, unfortunately, it all starts to come apart. Everything begins to disintegrate around him. He, he gets physically sick. He's been, he's been working harder and harder and pushing him, doing more hours and more hours to push this thing along. And he gets sick. He wakes up at about 2 in the morning. He thinks that he's having a heart attack. And he gets out of bed and he drives himself to the hospital without telling his wife. He said, uh, I do not recommend that. Don't go to the hospital without telling your spouse. That's not a good thing. It turns out he doesn't have a heart attack, but he has pericarditis, which is an inflammation around the heart, and uh, which is brought on by depleted immune system, stress, uh, all the stuff that he had. He was sick. They helped him out, but he, he kind of stayed sick for about a year. Um, then on top of all of that, um, though Paul Vischer was a creative artist, he was not a businessman. He'd never taken any business classes. He didn't know anything about that. And, and they made some bad business decisions. They got overextended. They made some bad strategic plans. And, and a distribution company ended up suing them for the rights to stuff that... Um, and as it turned out, he lost everything. He, he lost all of his money. He lost big idea productions. He even lost the rights to, to Bob and Larry. They were no longer his, even though he'd created them. They all belonged to a new company that they had to sell out to to get out of bankruptcy. You can imagine that that wasn't Paul Vischer's dream. He was forced to walk away from this company in 2003 when, when Big Idea went bankrupt. And, and then he was, he was angry and mad and... and uh, but then he went to work for the company that they sold to as a consultant because he needed to send his kids to college. It was a very humbling, humbling experience for him. That was compounded with the fact that in, a, in an effort to reach larger audiences, now the new company started to water down the Christian message because they wanted it to be on Saturday morning cartoon time. And to do that, they, they edited out all the God language, all the stuff that he'd intentionally wanted to be a part of of Veggie Tales and the videos. So the question that Vischer asked then, uh, as we probably all would have asked if we were in his place, and that you might, or any of us might ask when our dreams don't seem to come true, why? Why? Why would 
God want me to give up this dream, especially this dream? I'm doing good work for God. I'm helping little children. I'm, I'm sharing Christian values. This is a great work. It's obviously touching millions of people. What is the matter with God that God would let this happen, that he'd let my dream be dashed? Well, the answer was, he eventually came to understand, was that his idea, big idea productions, had become his idol. They'd grown incredibly big, incredibly fast. Vischer was being touted as one of the ten most influential Christians around. People were telling him, he was the new Christian Disney, which really touched a chord in him because he'd always secretly wanted to be Walt Disney. He'd gotten a big tomato head. Now, if you hear Vischer talk or if you read his book, uh, um, Me, Myself, and Bob, you'll hear him talk about this stuff and his, his understanding that came to him about this whole, this whole experience. And by the way, if you you don't have your veggie tales at home, there's a whole bunch of them in the library. Um, Kim told me to tell you that. You can check them out. Be our guest. Um, Vischer says one of the things we have to be really careful about is, is to beware of our dreams. Just because it's a dream doesn't mean it's a good dream or it's, or it's God's dream, even if we put God's name on it. Remember Tanya Harding? She had this great dream of being a world champion ice skater and she dreamed it so hard and wanted it so badly that she sent people out to injure her competition. Remember that guy Adolf Hitler? He had a dream. Lots of people have dreams. Dreams can become dangerous friends. Dreams can become, our dreams can become our own idols. Vischer's dream was to make Veggie Tales as big as Disney, to compete for the hearts and souls of little children with the likes of Pixar, who have all the talent and all the resources that money can buy. Vischer shares that in pursuing that dream, he was losing his own soul. And he finally realized that God was willing to let all of that go away, all a big idea, the whole VeggieTale thing, just to save Phil. Well, let him talk a little bit about that. Here's a interview that he's having on YouTube. I'll show them. I'm going to come up with another big idea, and I'll get it all back, and then they'll be sorry. And, but it, nothing would come. And I kept reading the Bible, and I kept praying, and I found before long, I didn't care as much anymore. You know, and it felt like a part of me, like something inside me was dying. And it scared me because I wasn't sure what it was that was dying. And then I realized what it was. It was my ambition. It was my dreams, my hopes, my will. You know, when Paul said, I have died, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I don't think we really read that verse clearly enough. Say, I no longer live. Well, what does that mean of my dreams? They're, they're dead. They're on they the altar. They are laid down. They're on the altar, and they're dead. And then Christ fills you with his dreams. 
you know, the, the mind of God is what we're pursuing, not our own minds, not our own hearts. It's what's on the heart and mind of God. And so I got to a point where I said, okay, God, I'm ready to be done. If that's what you want, I don't need to write anything. And about a week later, I woke up in the middle of the night with, a, with He says, as Bob the Tomato, you know, the world tells us to follow your heart, right? We see that in all of the movies and a lot of literature out there. Follow your heart. But Bob the Tomato says, don't follow your heart. Follow God's heart. That's a big difference. A big difference. But to do that, it means, as I was telling the kids, that we often have to take some time to you know, to really know what God's heart is for us. We need to be patient, which is hard for us. A lot of us are driven, aren't we? So we have to be patient to wait upon God for discernment. Preachers, myself included, are fond of sharing a, an aphorism. You probably have heard me say this. Uh, God can't steer a parked car. Um, we do that to encourage people to move beyond their stuck places. And they're like, trust God. Just get going. But Vischer points out that um, that's really not a biblical statement. And not just because there are no cars in the Bible, but it's not biblical because those who don't know where God uh, are calling them need to wait until they hear God's direction for them. They need to spend time in prayer, trusting that God's will for them will be made clear. When we're disappointed with our dreams, we need to stop and ask, what's more important? My dream or the God who gave me that dream? Along with, what, along with that comes sort of that critical recognition that the most important thing we do is not the work that we do for God, those of us in the church. The most important thing is God. Sometimes for us in the church, we can forget that, can't we? We're just thinking like, oh, I'm doing all this work. I've got to get it done. Drive, drive, drive. But it's not about making an impact for God. But the impact comes when we make it about God. We'll hear uh, Phil talk a little bit more here. Let me, could I just read a sure. few lines? <clears throat> What I put in my movies is more or less irrelevant if it isn't coming out in my life. I realized I had become so busy trying to save the world with my visionary ministry that I was often too stressed and preoccupied to make eye contact with the girl bagging my groceries at the supermarket. Anybody else want to confess guilt there? And where does Christianity actually happen? Where does the rubber meet the road, as it were? Up on the big screen in a movie theater? On TV? No across the checkout line at the grocery store, between me and a girl who makes a fraction of what I make and assumes I don't give a rip about her life, that's where it matters. And that's where I realized I was blowing it every day. Yep. That is so vulnerable and so <laughs> real for many of It continues. Can he talk a little more there? That's okay. We, I meet all these kids. Oh, there we um, go. In the U.S., there are now three Christian film schools. 
that are turning out Christian filmmakers. You know, and so I'll bump into these kids, and they're, and they're coming out of art school, they're coming out of film school, and they're completely fired up about writing that you know, one hit Christian movie, or making that one hit Christian song, or starting that one hit Christian ministry that can change everything, that can save the world. And, and what I've really become convicted of is that if all these kids, if all of us, rather than focusing on trying to write that one hit Christian thing that will change everything, would focus on walking with God on a daily basis, that the world would change. And the reason is because the world doesn't learn about God by watching Christian television. The world learns about God by watching Christians. Mm. And that's where we're failing every day. That's the spot. You are Bob. I am Bob you, the tomato. You are yes. the voice of... I'm Bob. As things are swirling out of control and uh, big ideas going bankrupt, Bisher has a moment that he talks about um, where he's reminded about why he started up this whole thing to begin with and, and what got him going. Turns out there is a, they get a, a call from the parents of a young boy named Thomas who write to tell them, or they call to tell them that, that uh, Thomas is dying of cancer. And his one request in the world, he's a big VeggieTale fan, his one request is if he could be the voice of a VeggieTale character sometime in his life. And they thought, well, we can make that happen. So they're all gearing up for it, and they create a day when he's, where Thomas is going to come into the recording studio and record, do the voiceover for, for this particular episode. And, but then he, uh, Thomas has a setback, and he gets sick, and he can't come in that day, and they reschedule. But before he can come in, he dies. So the, but Thomas' parents call him up and they say, we want you to know that in the hour before he died, he asked to watch the very first VeggieTale episode ever released. You know what that one is? It's called, Where's God When I'm Scared? Reminding Vischer why he got in to the business to start with. The little idea behind the big idea to help kids not be afraid, to help them deal with this huge world that we live in, to battle its temptations and its fears and its pain, to point them to an answer he realized that, that Pixar couldn't give anybody, and that Disney couldn't give kids. But only God could give them. And that, that was his job, to work with God to make that happen. When he lost it all, Vischer learned what C.S. Lewis understood when he said, he who has God plus many things has nothing more than he who has God alone. It's really important that we find out what God's dream, God's plan is for our life, and not just our own dreams. Let's pray together.
Lord, we are dreamers. And we are frustrated dreamers and disappointed ones sometimes indeed. The world doesn't work out as we'd hoped or planned. So we ask of you that you keep us from the two dangerous poles. One, that we might fall clear to one side and become cynics about this world. That there is no God of new beginnings. That you don't have power to change us and change this world. And keep us from the other side, God, where we just assume that any dream that we might have might be your dream, must be your dream. Why wouldn't it be your dream? And help us find that place where seeking your plan for us, our dream and your dream might become one. Amen.
It's my joy to share with you reminders of prayers that you might hold in your hearts this week. We are thrilled that our Senior High Youth Fellowship Group was able to leave early on Saturday morning with their advisors to go to the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation in South Dakota. Please remember them in your prayers this week and ask for God's grace to be in all of the spots where they are meeting people. We're thankful that Dot Wilson's cataract surgery was successful on Monday and also that Kelly Koss' twin brother, Kim, is recovering well from treatment for his cancer that he was recently diagnosed with. Kristen Raley, who served as our liturgist today, has recently been approved by the Committee on the Preparation for Ministry to be enrolled as an inquirer, one who is inquiring and asking questions about what God's plan is in her life. We ask that you would hold her in prayer as she prepares to go to Harvard Divinity School in just a few weeks. We also have great joy that Lynn and Charlie are away this weekend, this week, running their race, and we remember them in our prayers as well as their children. And we ask for your prayers to be for good healing, to be with Max Suits. Max broke his ankle this week. He was busy playing basketball, playing games with the children that he supervises at the park district, and came down on it wrong and, and broke the ankle. They'll see this week if it will need surgery. They hope uh, that his healing will be such that that will not be required. In the meantime, Max was back to work the very next morning after he broke his ankle, but word has it that he's not getting to the basketball hoop so quickly these days. We've received news that Bernice Martins has taken a fall and broke her hip on Friday night. She's in Elmhurst Hospital where she's expected to be for the next four to five days. And Ann Lamprecht had back surgery on an outpatient basis last week, but she is at her Elmhurst home now, or her Oakbrook home now, recovering. What prayers would you wish to bring to God this day? Yes. Prayers for healing for Aunt Ellen, who's having heart and lung problems, and she may need to go to the hospital. So we'll remember Aunt Ellen. What other joys or concerns or prayers do you have this day? Continued prayers for Danielle, who is serving with the Peace Corps in South Africa. Uh, prayers for our support for her during what can be some challenging days. Prayers for all of those volunteers who are working with the children this week with VBS. Uh, there'll be 125 children here tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock, ready to learn everything that God desires for us to teach to them. 
we enter into this time of prayer every time we gather for worship, and you know that it's called the prayers of the people. We do our best to try to offer words and prayers that might be on your hearts, and yet we know that there are still things that you wish to pray for that we may not know of. So I'm going to invite you during our prayer this morning at three different times to offer names of people that are on your heart, offer situations that you would offer up in prayer. And the first two times, I'll encourage you to say those names right out loud for you to hear, for your neighbor to hear, for God to hear. And the third time, we'll pray silently. Will you join me? Let us pray. In the quiet of this moment, holy God, we turn our hearts to you. We still our breathing and attempt those long, deep sighs that somehow bring us closer to you. And we close our eyes to still the moving picture of every second of life. How we long for our vision to be filled only with your glory and wonder. There is so much to thank you for, for the companions in our life, those dear friends who stand by us, the ones who are eager to shout with joy and the ones who carry us over turbulent waters. We thank you for the friends and the cloud of witnesses you have placed in our lives. Hear now as we offer their name to you in prayer. Most gracious God, our hearts are filled with hope, a hope and a trust grounded in the faith that with you all things are possible. Where our earthly hopes meet your heavenly desires, add your blessing, we pray. We hope and pray for the wholeness in family relationships. We pray your spirit make a way for honesty to be the foundation in our relationships. Place on our tongue words of clarity and open our ears to hear the meaning between the words. Where there have been breaches of trust, give us hearts of forgiveness. Jesus, you called the children to come to you and running they came. Fill us with excitement, energy, good humor, and a deep sense of your love as we greet each and every child for Vacation Bible School this week. Fill each day with awe and wonder as your way is explored through story, art, drama, and singing. Make the presence of your Holy Spirit known with our Senior High Youth Fellowship and their advisors. Be with them as they greet the residents of Pine Ridge, and may your grace be present in all their work. 
Hear our prayers for all those transitioning into new adventures. Holy Spirit, surround Kristen with your wisdom as she begins her studies at seminary. A wisdom that longs to know you more fully. A wisdom that brings peace when probing concepts that go beyond the comfortable. A wisdom that is so much more than book learning. Wherever this journey leads her, you know, we know, that you are there, amazing God. Be present with Danielle and her peacemaking efforts. Give her patience on trying days and give her opportunity to show a new way of life to those who are in need. Compassionate God, we pray for those hurting and suffering. For all who are brokenhearted, we ask that your love surround them. For all who are angry, we ask for a healthy release and a new way forward. For all who are frustrated and disappointed, we ask for perseverance that they may not give up and bless them with strength this day and tomorrow. For all those asking, why? Why, God? We pray your peace may come. Hear their names as we offer them to you now. Merciful God, we ask for wholeness and healing for those suffering enduring pain, for those recovering from surgery and those living with chronic conditions. We pray for Bernice and Max, Solvig and Lucy, Dot and Kim, Anne, John and Carol, and we ask that you would be especially with Aunt Ellen be with her this week and offer your you offer to her your healing mercies. Make us neither filled with too much pride nor so little assurance that we forget to pray for ourselves. God who loves us, God who is our father and our mother, hear these our silent prayers that we offer for ourselves. And now, in one voice, we pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's stand and sing our last song together. Two, three, four. go from this place don't be certainly don't be afraid to have dreams but seek God's plan for you and may your dream and God's plan come together into something more wonderful than you have yet dared to believe and know that the love of God the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the fellowship of the Holy Spirit are yours now and always amen